Hey everybody, time again for another Word Balloon comic book podcast. John Suntress here, more coverage from San Diego Comic-Con. I was uh, very proud to attend the 50th anniversary Star Trek press panel. It happened at uh, the Hilton Hotel, uh, just down the street from the convention center, and it was star-studded. We had the executive producers of Star Trek Discovery, the new TV show that uh, premieres on CBS Network in January and then moves immediately to uh, CBS's streaming service. But uh, they're there along with uh, former Trek cast members. And listen to this lineup. Michael Dorn, Brent Spiner, Jerry Ryan, Scott Bakula, and William Shatner. Man, what a, what a very cool thing. I'm, I'm telling you, there were about 100 uh, press people in the room. I didn't get to ask a question, but I think good questions were asked. Uh, we learned stuff about the new television series. And uh, everybody asked some good questions about uh, what it was like for the cast members to be part of this 50-year phenomenon. Really interesting and uh, very proud to uh, present it today on Word Balloon. No commercials, no no hyping at all. Just uh, wanted to share this audio with you. And uh, a particular thanks to uh, John and Kathleen, the hosts of uh, Comic Book Page podcast. John and uh, Kathleen were invited to the press conference. I got an initial invite, never got a confirmation. And uh, John uh, had a scheduling conflict. So he's like, hey, you want to go? And at first I'm like, I don't know. And then I'm like, what am I nuts? Of course I want to go. Uh, this was great because it wasn't like Hall H. Nothing against Hall H presentations. No wooing. These were, you know, the, the press people were all fans. But, uh, you know, they, they also had a job to do and wanted to ask some good questions. So uh, the audio is a little sketchy. Sorry, I had my handheld digital recorder with me. And uh, luckily, the PA, I think, was loud enough that it, it's worth it. You might have to strain your ears a little bit more than any other of my uh, Comic-Con uh, uh, audio that I'll be presenting. Uh, we still got a lot more uh, stuff to give you in the days ahead here at Word Balloon. But uh, I know how Trek fans are. We're just like Star Wars fans. Uh, anything, any quality, we're happy to glean some information from it. So you might have to strain your ears a little bit at times to catch some of the people talking. But uh, you'll definitely hear Shatner. You'll definitely hear Brent Spiner, Scott Bakula, Jerry Ryan. Michael Dorn was a little soft-spoken. But uh, the producers come through great. And I think you're really going to enjoy, if you're a Trek fan, this Star Trek press conference. I'm happy to present it now on Word Balloon. Ron, Ron Thank <laughs> you. 
My favorite android is Gabrett Spiner. Yeah. And last, but certainly not least, the man who's been on more episodes of Star Trek than anybody else, Michael Gore. Fans. 
is your new show in the Prime or the Calvin timeline? And when in those timelines, in that timeline, does it take place? It is in the Prime timeline, and I don't think we're supposed to say yet because there's so many new things about this series that we're trying to step out the information that we give because there's there's a lot of new exciting things that we're doing with this show and we want to uh, not saturate you, we want to tease you. <laughs> That's the first tease, is the title and the show. Michael Adada from the Sydney Morning Herald. A question for Brian specifically, how do you, what, where do you find the time for your new Star Trek, but for all of you, for the, for the shows that you are connected to collectively or individually, what is the essential quality that they have individually and collectively that kind of make them unique? Oh, uh, can you raise your hand whoever asked that question so I can look at you? Oh, okay, thank you. Um, you know, I am very fortunate to have fantastic partners and a fantastic team on Star Trek. Uh, the show is being co-showrun by Gretchen Berg and Aaron Harvard, so I work with on Pushing Daisies and Wonderfalls. We have a long, wonderful relationship together, and I couldn't do it without them, absolutely, honestly. And we have a wonderful writing staff that includes Nicholas Meyer, and what a treat to be working with Batman, who Mr. Shatner worked with, and Star Trek storytelling with two and four and six and Jessica Alexander I worked with on Heroes and Animals, so I'm I'm very well supported by fantastic people. Jason uh, Stewart, Dark Media Online. Uh, first for uh, for uh, for Bill, uh, you kind of see this whole phenomenon grow. Well, the other one. I just had a question about the, the phenomenon of Star Trek, your, your role in it. Sorry, I don't know if you are familiar with you. I, I just feel that. <laughs> Call me Bill, this feels, this feels natural. Uh, just curious about your whole overseeing of this. It's been 50 years of this phenomenon of Star Trek. Uh, your role in it, your nurturing of it, your taking place in it. Uh, what's the one thing that you would want fans to know about what the experience has been like being James Kirk for so many years. Uh, I usually, I, I usually uh, uh, treat those things like with humor uh, and, and slough it off because it's so uh, such a remarkable thing to be connected with. But uh, in this instance, uh, so many of you in the advent of new series, uh, let me take it more seriously. Um, um, I, I'm doing a show I'm doing a show called The Truth is of the Stars, and I'm, what I'm doing is I'm interviewing uh, a lot of interesting, uh, well, some of the faces of all of people. See, I'm the company with Stephen Hawking. So I'm getting to meet some of the most remarkable people that are alive today that are guiding our lives in a way with information and discovery and then it trickles down to us ordinary people. But there are things afoot that are uh, affecting our lives completely. And the, the line of this show is how did Star Trek affect you? And then amplify. But what what did Star Trek do to you as when you were 50 years younger? Uh, how did it affect you? 
perfect a Star Trek in point of view. You know, it's a television series, and you take it, you know, I don't think you take it too seriously. It's, uh, it's a lot of fiction, but at the same time, science fiction is mythology. And it tries to tackle those things that we can't explain. The Greeks picked up these large bones and thought of them as giants. We now know that they were dinosaur bones. But they said, this has to be a race of giants. And they invented a whole mythology about the giants and the gods and the wars. We've invented through science fiction a mythology. And Star Trek is a huge part of that. So many great science fiction writers had ideas for Star Trek if they didn't write exactly for Star Trek. So in this 50 years, this mere television show, various iterations, have expanded to affect a great deal of our culture far beyond anything we know. I mean, I wrote a book called I'm Working on That based on Stephen Hawking's statement when he walked into the set of Star Trek and saw the, this, these cheesy boards painted to look like the, uh, what's the stuff we use for, uh, uh, for energy? The dilithium
Hi, Kayla Yacovino, TrekMovie.com. Uh, my question is for Heather. Um, I'm wondering, as one of just two women that's been announced so far working on Star Trek um, Discovery, uh, do you feel a sort of responsibility to the fans to make sure that women are represented both on the screen and behind the scenes?
constantly amaze me. <laughs> Thrilled me and amazed me. Bill said the best of what I, I, I'm astounded by anything surviving on television in any form for 15 years. Yeah. Television has only been around for 51. It really is. And, and this shows a collectiveness of conscience, conscience that has spread around the planet. It's astounding. It's astounding. Uh, yeah. I, 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 um, there is something about, I mean, I'll see your answer and I'll let you know. Not Ron, excuse me. I, I, uh, the influence of Star Trek, I mean, you know, Star Trek is just the most amazing phenomenon. It is, I think, the great American epic. Uh, it is anything that has gone for 51 years. You have to, uh, you have to take seriously. You, you, you know, I know uh, there are a lot of people who think Star Trek is practically a religion. There are other people who think it's absolutely silly, and it's somehow all of those things combined, and that's what makes it wonderful. And uh, it, 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 uh, it, just the fact that Scott said it's lasted 50 years, even if you think it's completely ridiculous, you have to kind of go, well, wait a minute, what is this that's gone for 51 years? I've got to at least check it out. Uh, there's something going on here, and it's affected a lot of people. Uh, we've all had people come to us and say, it's because of your show or because of you that I am now a doctor or a scientist or... Exactly. Uh, so it, it, there's something, something more going on there than than meets the eye. Uh, there's a wonderful action adventure show, but there's also something deeper and more profound. I don't think it was a surprise to me because I I wasn't a Star Trek fan when I signed up for the show, but I was certainly aware of it. And I was certainly aware of. And that's incredible how it inspires people. And I think, like you said, there is obviously something more to this than just a show about space and exploration and adventure. And I think, for me, when I've explored what could possibly be this captivating for so many people, is it's so optimistic and hopeful. We need that so desperately, as Brian said, now. now what I think. Um, and it's, it's about embracing. And I mean, they, my God, they had, this was 1960. This was in the height of the Cold War, and they've got a Russian on the bridge. They've got blacks and whites and first generation kids. And, and that was the whole message that Gene was putting out there is inclusion and embracing everyone's differences. And we're all the same. And we've got to get back and realize that. Everybody is terrified everyone else is different, and it's so crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, I, I always thought, when, when these questions were asked, that, that Star Trek, uh, James' show, and all that was, was great television. 
because in those days there was a lot of great television. I mean, a lot of the television that was kind of overlooked were the science fiction shows. And the science fiction shows in those days were doing really stuff that was groundbreaking because they could, because of the science fiction. And out of that group of shows, I think you, you, you can see that, that Star Trek was definitely leading the way. I mean, it really had this, this new voice that I think that we all were feeling in the 60s, which was, hey, wait a minute, you know, it doesn't have to be the way it was before. It doesn't have to be the way it was for my parents. You know, this is something new. This is, it speaks to me. But, you know, these days I tell you why it's lasted this long. I mean, I think it's, it's one of those amazing things. I mean, we did our 25th anniversary when we started, and you couldn't imagine the huge amount of crowds that were out there for, for just for our show. And that was amazing to me that it, that it has an influence. But, I mean, if I had to pinpoint something, I would have to say um, that for every person that watches Star Trek that's a big fan of the show, they have a different reason for loving it uh, as much as they do. And it's a very natural to me to be a person who feels included, a person who feels left out, a person who feels hope for the future, a person who feels science. I mean, whatever it is, the, 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 I mean, the number of reasons is, is a myriad of reasons. There just isn't any one particular reason. So, I mean, my original thought of that, it was really great television when he started. I mean, he knew how to do that, so. But the influence is just, it's mind blowing. Still, over here, Scott number would be the man. Or could be accurate, you've had some great opportunities to, as a result of your relationship with Star Trek, to meet people who actually went to space. Some of the great thinkers of the, of the world, innovators, world leaders. Tell me how Star Trek and those opportunities have enriched your the the get back that you've got from your participation. I mean, I, I didn't see right away because I was a big airplane buff when I was growing up. And I love airplanes and I love the test pilots. And uh, I built my, with cereal boxes, the box tops in the old days, I built Friendship 7, you know, John Glenn's capsule that he went, you know. It was a horrible model that I made. He <laughs> could have made it. But, um, but those are the guys that I had a chance to meet that uh, really kind of fueled my, uh, my youth. And that was amazing, because you know what I'm talking about? You don't know what I'm You go, come on, you know? And, uh, and I, those are the guys that I just, you know. I talked to a guy on the International Space Station, an astronaut. Uh, he, he set up DVDs at our show, and he was watching in space. And he talked until the earth moved enough so that we could talk. He went over, he talked about the technology, he kept circling the planet. And that was pretty, pretty blind. Yeah, it was like, my husband, he made a video and sent it to us, and now I'm floating around up there hanging out. It was combining all of that, it was completely surreal, but, but one of the, you know, and then we've met a lot of the astronauts that come to visit and stuff, but to actually speak to somebody about what he was doing, doing 
doing it not there was just something you wouldn't expect ever to get to do in your life. Uh, uh, for me, um, I love talking to people and finding, exploring the, the character and the way in which the person lived and how they lived and what brought them to this point. So, and I've done shows in that way, uh, sort of conversation. And this latest one that I'm doing, I've just come back from Vancouver yesterday, the speaker this morning, actually, about that this morning, talking to uh, the great uh, geneticist and ecologist, uh, David, the Dr. David Suzuki. I talked about this in the panel, but it's meeting people like uh, Dr. Suzuki, who was influenced by Star Trek, going on from Dr. Suzuki and the astronaut uh, Chris Hatfield, who I've just interviewed a couple of days ago, uh, uh, at JPL. All of JPL just like, uh, subscribes to, to Star Trek. That's NASA. I'm doing a show for NASA. All of NASA is enamored of, uh, of Star Trek. So these people, a doctor, I went to, I'm going to a doctor. So I was watching Star Trek for a doctor because he, you know, spreads legs. I mean, it was sad. Uh, it's up there now, uh, delineating a, a friendship that was a 
close and how extraordinarily similar backgrounds and, uh, and uh, careers and our families and the deaths in the family and the divorces in the families and the way the children are growing up and the, uh, the, the, the waves of experience that sweep over everybody's life, how similar they were between Leonard and myself. So, and because families of actors who work on a show, when the show is over, dispersed by the for and us, call you tomorrow. Nah, I can't call you tomorrow. I'll call you there. And he goes, and you never see each other. You love, you genuinely love that person. You never see them because things are in your way, not the show, not the thing, they go away. Um, but with Leonard, I was thrown into his company because of appearances like this press and, and, and movies. And so we had a lot to do with each other. And it was a brotherly, it was the brother I never had, as we used to say to each other. He had a brother I didn't have one. He was my brother. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody.